Well, what is up, make listeners? This is Trevor Devage. I'm sitting here with my man, the illustrious, the caffeinated, the man who called me hot a little earlier, but I uh, was actually talking about my microphone, not my face. Uh, Dylan Mitchell sitting right next to me over here. You're and so, um, You're so nice every week. Well, uh, give it a few minutes because that'll change. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we always train wreck this thing. Um, and in fact, we have a sound for that this week. You know that. You, yeah, like our, I gave you the sound. You get, there's a sound now for when I take this thing off the rails. It's a train whistle. Uh, I'm really thankful that you did that because um, now it gives me one more button to play with on this board over That's here. That's great. Um, so we've got a guest with us today. Yeah, uh, we've got Alexander Mills on the podcast with us. Uh, he's a guy that I got to connect with on Instagram, and we've kind of had this Instagram friendship um, for about a year now, I think, back and yeah. forth. Um, so... He's on the podcast with us. Uh, he owns a coffee shop in Niagara. Um, right, like Niagara Falls? That's right. That's, yeah. Bro, that view must be horrible every day. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, like it, familiarity. Like I, I grew up here. I'm born and raised here. So you you, just, you see it so many times that it's like you try to avoid it because it's a, it's, it's a tourist trap. I think it brings yeah. in like 30 million tourists a year. Ooh. Yeah, that would be it's annoying. Like, uh, that yeah, would be. so I like try to avoid it, but when I when I talk to people who hear where I'm from, or like uh, when my wife's family come comes to visit or whatever it is, it's something everyone wants to see. And for me, it's just like if I don't have to go down there ever again, I I wouldn't. But but truthfully, it's uh, it really is a a wonder of the world. It's it's a remarkable yeah. sight. Uh, but yeah, born and raised here in Niagara Falls, and um, Trevor, we'll have to have you maybe maybe a different time of year because I, I heard that maybe this time of year isn't the best time yeah, bro, for you to, I, to come visit. No, uh, no, you don't you don't want me there. I would complain <laughs> every second of the day. I've I've actually been to Niagara. I've been to Made of the Mist and done the whole okay. underneath the falls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I would actually that was a long time ago. I'd kind of like to come back and explore like the actual town of Niagara because it seems like sure. a cool town. Um, it, you know, and you could probably tell me better. I mean, maybe you've got the uh, want to get out of this niagara town vibes but uh, you do have a business there so maybe maybe you kind of yeah. want to hang around a little bit would be my guess you know what my, my wife is from she's born and raised in columbia south carolina and so when any sensible person hears that she chose to move to canada they ask why why would you do that why would you forsake you know the the sun and the the beach the ocean <laughs> and and trade it for for the great white north but truthfully like i we're very rooted here um it's a privilege i consider it a privilege to be born and raised here we we love where we live here in Niagara, uh, Dylan, you mentioned we've got a, a cafe here in Niagara, but um, we're also pastors here. We pastor a church with my parents and um, yeah, we're just really deeply rooted here. So I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon, but uh, we do love our little escapes to, to the sunshine. We were just in San Diego a couple weeks ago. We were in uh, Phoenix a couple, uh, a month before COVID actually. Oh, wow. Um, and that was our first, our first time in Arizona and we really enjoyed it. Um, well, if you like Phoenix, come to Tucson because we're way cooler. Um, no, okay. literally, okay. actually, literally cooler. We're like yeah. 10 degrees cooler and uh, we're higher altitude and uh, our mountains are prettier because um, nice. you can actually get to them in like 10 minutes versus like two hours. I, I am right. very partial to Mount Lemmon because that's where we got engaged. So that was. Yeah, well, that's kind of like living in Niagara. Like you don't get you don't get a say like, you, you, you know, uh, uh, no, it, it's actually really you, if you've been to Phoenix and you like Phoenix, come to two. I, I hadn't been to Tucson until I came down here to interview and um, I've fallen in love with this place. It's it's it, the, the beauty here is kind of crazy um, for the mm -hmm. desert. It's very diverse. That, that's what I like about Tucson. Like Phoenix is Phoenix is cool. And we still go up to Phoenix a lot. We're going up later today, um, but it's. It's all very flat until you get to the the mountains on the edges of it. So it's like you're in the middle of a bowl. Well, you're in the valley. That's that's what it is. And so mm -hmm. in Tucson, you've kind of got this variety where, like, if you you can go to Mount Lemmon and it's you know thirty degrees cooler than it is down in Tucson. So I, there's some variety. Well, I like and that. actually, from Phoenix to Tucson, you don't go down, even though we're south. You go up to Tucson because we're higher elevation. Yeah, there, which is crazy. Well, there you go. Okay, enough about that. Um, <laughs> things that nobody cares about except us right now that's your geology um, lesson that, for the day hey, thank you yes. uh, i think geology is rocks geography is more what you're talking about oh, mountains rocks i still think we we're more in the geography realm than the geology realm like <laughs> now we're in english so uh, mag magma magma and core uh so I, i'd like to dig into alexander the great story a little bit um <laughs> nice I, I asked him beforehand what we should call him and uh 
Did you see your grandfather called you Alexander the Great? He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, your grandfather. Uh, well, makes, now Trevor calls you that too. So, um, I mean, you're going to be ATG for the rest of my life. Um, Love it. it. It's, it's good. Um, so as we're kind of diving into your story, like just story a little bit and we'll, we'll have a time with our, our coffee, which uh, is my, <laughs> today is actually going to be my favorite segment because on the rare occasion, I've not had coffee before this podcast. Today was the day. Yeah. Neither um, of us. Yeah. So I, I'd be interested to know, like you're from Niagara, your wife's from, uh, from Carolinas. Um, like what it, not to get all metaverse on you and uh, Marvel Network, but um, you, you know how. What is your like? What's your origin story like? What is? How did you get to where you are today? Not just with your with your wife, but how did you? Mm-hmm. How did you end up where you're at? Because I'm always intrigued, especially you're in ministry. You have a cafe. You've got yeah. a wife that was willing to leave the beauties of the shore of the beach to come to Niagara. Um, all those things. Like, how does your origin story lead you to this place today? Mm. I, you'd probably fast forward past the first 18 years of my life, uh, cause it was pretty ordinary, just like any other, um, you know, uh, t- teenager origin story. But a- after high school, I-, I wasn't convinced what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, my dad's a pastor. We, we co-pastor with him now, but, um, he was our pastor and, and I, I wasn't particularly interested in ministry. I was, uh, really interested in, um, video production. I thought about going to school to, to work in film and video production, but I just didn't feel, um, you know, some people might call it called. I just didn't feel any grace there. And so my, my parents had the, um, I guess the wisdom to, to let me take a, a breather. And, and I didn't, they, they didn't uh, kind of force me to go to post-secondary education right away. So I was taking a gap year or whatever you want to call it. And, um, through, through some really peculiar circumstances, I found myself in Uganda, um, doing some photo, uh, and video work for an international conference for, um, the association of hydrocephalus, hydrocephalus and spina bifida. And I'm, wow. I'm not going to dig into that story very much. So um, I, I got What part of Uganda were you in though? <laughs> uh, that was in Kampala. So okay. the capital city. Yeah. Cause I've been to Lira, uh, which is six hours North up on the Sudanese okay. border and Congo and yeah, that yeah. whole area. So, um, worked with an organization called COT in there, um, children of cool. the nations. And so I'm, I'm familiar with that the uh, geology, if Dylan were talking right. about it, the geography <laughs> of, uh, of Uganda. Uh, so just curious as to that, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. So then, you know, that, that flying across, across the the globe basically, and, and uh, all the way to, to Africa is no small, no small thing. And, and I had some freedom of time at, at that time in my life. So I, I said to my parents, I said, I think I want to, I want to backpack around Africa. <laughs> You know, because the conference is only going to be three or four days. And I thought, what am I doing flying to Uganda for three days? Like, let's do three or four weeks. And so they they said yes. And uh, and I kind of found my way. And, and I ended up at a YWAM base, Youth with a Mission. Oh, yeah. And because I knew that you could stay there for cheap. <laughs> and uh, I I was sitting there. I, I got to the YWAM base and I was sitting there waiting to to meet with the person I had contact with. And and I saw class had just been let out and uh, I saw this this girl with long brown curly hair and a long skirt on. She was holding a stack of books and and uh, you can you can probably guess by the way I'm talking about her that she ended up becoming my wife. Uh, that's where I met Rebecca. Okay, good. I'm glad that's who you were talking about because I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. a little worried if your wife hears this podcast later, like, uh, does she know about this yeah. girl? Um, cause, uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, sh- short story long, I... Uh, I came home after that backpacking trip and and I really felt the grace to to go back and actually do a discipleship training school of my own at that YWAM base. So I went back um, a few months later and Rebecca was still there. She was doing a year long program there. And, and I really got to know the Lord during that time. Um, just in, in, I guess my own way, you know, becoming a, an adult and getting some autonomy and I mean, g- growing up in church, um, knowing the Lord, but j- just kind of being on that journey for myself, I got to know the Lord my own way and got to know Rebecca, of course, over that time. And that was over 10 years ago now. And, 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 um, we decided again to, to use that word again, we really felt, um, like there was some grace on our, on our relationship. And so we decided to, to, to try the long distance thing between South Carolina and Canada. And so we did that for four years. Um, Ooh, so thank God wow. for, for Skype. There was no Zoom wow. back then. We used Skype. It was. It was. Uh, I really think Skype missed a big opportunity at uh, with this pandemic. I don't know how Zoom swept in and and became. No one knew what Zoom was. No, I, I know. I, it no. just happened. I thought it was like something yeah. from the Jetsons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah, I agree with you. Skype missed a huge opportunity here. Yeah. You know, uh, Skype so, the hype, man. That's what I could have marketed it today. Like, let's do yeah. this. Yeah. So somebody really dropped the ball there, but. Um, 
Yeah, we did long distance. We we got married. She lives here now. She's a midwife. Um, so she she delivers babies for a living. She's got the coolest job in the world. Yeah. And uh yeah, we pass her together now with my parents here in Niagara. And and like I said earlier, we just um I've always felt really rooted here. And and when Rebecca and I were were engaged and talking about getting married and and figuring out where we were gonna plant our roots, it just it felt right to do it here, regardless of the the winter weather. And uh so we, we make our occasional trips back to South Carolina to get yeah. some vitamin D, but but yeah, we're we're here and and we're pastoring. Rebecca's working. Um, I also work in the church space. Work for a company called Pro Church Tools. That we can get into that or not. I tell it to you oh, guys. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah, it, uh, we'll. I'm sure we'll talk about coffee at some point. But we're uh, we're owning and operating um, a mobile cafe. Actually, it's a trailer called Groundswell. We do that with two dear friends of ours and uh, living the dream, as they say. So yes, that's, that's where so, we're at and kind of how we got there. So since it's a trailer, that means you can drive down here and hang out with us sometime. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm not opposed to what you're saying right now, Dylan. Like, if, I, yeah, just hypothetically. I mean, listen. In theory, in theory, that works. We. Uh, this is our second, uh, our second year, our second season with the trailer, and we've definitely put more miles on it this year than than we did last year. Uh, we haven't quite breached the border yet. So, uh, but m- maybe an international tour could be in the works. Well, Ooh. don't don't put Dylan in there with coffee to get across the border because he can't get through TSA with coffee on him. So. He won't get nice. across the border at yeah, all. I've, I got stopped coming back from Honduras once uh, with like five pounds of, of coffee in my bag. And apparently yeah. that's what they used to cover up drugs. Um, he, was, uh, he was smuggling a lot of things back yeah. in the country. I maintain it wasn't my fault because I asked before I came back That is back what through. every criminal mm-hmm. says. It's not my fault. <laughs> I came back through and I said, hey, I have coffee in my bag. Do I need to declare it? And the guy was like, no, you. it's coffee. You don't declare it. And so I went through and... It beeped, or they they saw it, or whatever, and they're like, uh, they 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 backroomed me. Uh, you know what? I I think you're actually living this out more than Norma. <laughs> on the we got a Dr. Dre you right there. Um, uh, I think you were smuggling. Uh, but uh, that would be a super rad to have you guys at some point if you yeah. make a stateside tour. We we'd love to be a stop on that tour. Um, be cool. But talking about like, I, I know I'm kind of leaning this yesterday. We actually were, we just started a series yesterday called best Christmas ever. And I, I preached something yesterday. I've never preached in 24 years of ministry. I preached the lineage of Jesus in mm-hmm. Matthew chapter one. And I actually, the only scripture I used yesterday was the actual 17 verses of lineage. So I read every name and, uh, and talked about just kind of the, uh, the beauty of Jesus's lineage is there's a lot of layers to this, but they actually included all the jacked up stuff in his lineage that mm-hmm. that got to the Messiah. And I talked about my kind of my own lineage yesterday. I talked about, you know, how we all kind of have some crazy in our, in our history. And if you don't think you do, you're probably the crazy in your history. <laughs> um, but I'd be interested, like, uh, because I think I heard you right. Your, your dad's a pastor too, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you grew up in a ministry family, which my, my kids are first generation PKs. So um, I'm trying to change the uh, the facade of a PK into actual re- like reality. Like we live in reality. We don't live in this weird bubble of we don't sit in a circle every night and sing Kumbaya and, you know, take mm-hmm. communion and read scripture and watch Veggie Tales. Like that's not our uh, because What's, apparently that's wrong what, with Veggie Tales. Uh, well, uh, that's a whole other episode um, that I don't want to get into today. I want to be. Um, I want to be on for that one. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you if you like to talk about tomatoes and uh, anyhow, I'm not getting down that road. The squash can make um, you smile. Yeah. Well. Uh, th- yeah. Wait, never mind. I'm. I'm about to go down a road that you're about to take me to. You almost. Hey, this was almost Dylan taking us off the rails. Um, but I'd be interested to know, like, what is like in that lineage for you? Because I, I didn't have first, second, third generation pastors in my family. I'm the first one. Um, how, how did you, how did you navigate those waters growing up in, and how did, you know, was there a little bit of PTSD growing up in the church, growing up in a, in a ministry family that may have kept you from kind of wanting to chase or pursue going into full-time ministry? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, and I listened to your sermon yesterday and I, uh, really enjoyed it. And I love what you highlighted about the genealogy of Jesus, because isn't that, isn't that the beauty that all of, all of those saints and sinners alike in that list were included so that whoever is, whatever child of God is, is hearing, um, I guess the call of Jesus, they can see themselves represented in that list somewhere, Mm, um, that, that we all belong. And yeah, I mean, I, we, we, um, our, our church is, 
uh, about 45 years old here in Niagara on the Lake. And it was my, my dad's mom. So my grandmother, she was part of the, the group that planted it by accident. They were, uh, a group I, of people be- belonging to, you know, like uh, traditional high churches, like the Catholic church and accidental church. church plant like that. That sounds like a seed that was blown off a tree into a different environment. <laughs> it's like, all right, there's a tree there now. Like that's what yeah. it, that's what it feels like. Well, they, 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 they grew up in these traditional churches and, and were wanting to, I guess, j- journey, um, with Jesus in a, in a different way and, and get, kind of explore it for themselves. So they started doing a, a Bible study. Um, outside of church hours, and uh, then the Bible study grew and grew, and then they were meeting in the 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 library at the local school, and they looked up one day and they realized, I think I think we're a church now. <laughs> like I think we I think we made a church by accident. I love that. Yeah. So that that, that was my grandmother and and a group of other people, and so fast forward, you know, forty five years, here we are, and and my dad kind of fell into ministry um, by accident, or or even less than by accident, more like um. He was reluctant. He he came in kicking and screaming, um, and uh, he he didn't he he was reluctant to accept the call to to become a pastor. And and I was a kid when when he said yes. And uh, our church our church is small. We kind of operate like a family. And so I tell you all of that to say that um, I don't share a lot of the PTSD that a lot of kids who grew up in ministry share. Um, yeah. and, and that that's not to that's not to to, to minimize it because of course it, it exists and it um th- this this life um and actually Trevor you shared a bit about it yesterday in your sermon like you're you're you had to find a new normal for your Christmas because Christmas season um in church requires a lot of us who work in church and and so a, a lot of that is real um but I I don't know how but I, I feel a little bit insulated from a lot of it um but I can tell you one thing my dad never wanted me to um to follow in his footsteps because he felt the uh and we've talked about this so many times um so candidly i really appreciate his honesty with me um he 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 feels and has felt the the struggle of of working in ministry and he didn't he mm-hmm. didn't want that for me yeah and um and he realized the way i kind of stumbled into it that it wasn't my choice it was uh it was um uh the the leading of of the lord i guess you will and so he he kind of had to lay that down and, and realize he wasn't going to argue with god about it so he's accepted that at this point and and now we work together we co-pastor together and it's it's uh it's the best thing in the world that's not to say it's easy um but it's it's the best thing in the world we're we're um i it's yeah i i'm just really thankful grateful consider yeah. uh myself really privileged to be able to to work so closely with my dad and with my parents and to do church like family so, uh, well, that's, so that's where we're at. That's beautiful though. I mean, that's, you know, I think a lot of times we, we glamorize and there's nothing wrong with this, but uh, we glamorize kind of the, uh, I don't know, the struggle story, the over the top story, the, you know, you've dealt with addiction or you've dealt with some kind of issue or there's been a family struggle or there's been massive PTSD. But I, I think sometimes we miss the beauty of a story like you just told, like hmm. it, there's a lineage of faithfulness. There's a lineage of leaning into what God's calling you to. Like, uh, I, I hear, I hear you talk about. Like, I'm really close with my dad, and um, I would tell you my dad's my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. Like, it, it just there's a, and it hasn't always been that way because I was an idiot growing up. So I, <laughs> I he had to navigate me being a complete moron off the rails of life for a while. But um, I, I just think the beauty of your lineage there. Like that goes deep. Like that's going to go, I hear about your grandmother that's accidentally playing at a church, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then your dad stumbled. Like, I feel like you guys have stumbled into the greatness of the gospel a lot in your lives. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why you're Alexander the Great, because yeah, there you, go. <laughs> you, you guys just keep stumbling into this greatness of God that, you, you know, your grandmother didn't go out seeking to plant a church. And yet they woke up one day and like, I think we're a church. And mm-hmm. your dad didn't go seeking to be a pastor. And one day he woke up and was like, I think I'm a pastor. And mm-hmm. to the point he even tried to steer you out of being like, I'm the same mm-hmm. way with my kids. I'm like, if you can do anything else, do it because this is yeah. hard. Like this is hard. Redeeming work is hard. Well, I think that's interesting, right? Because we've talked about it before me and you like for a season, I stepped out of ministry. So I've been in ministry in some capacity since I was 14 and I'll be 28 next month. Um, and then moved to Phoenix, uh, to plant a church and who knew that COVID was going to happen and who knew that church plants don't make it through a pandemic sometimes. (laughs) 
So uh, after that, I kind of had to figure out how do I make money and provide for myself. So I stepped away from ministry for a season. And uh, in a lot of like earthly ways, I did better. Like financially, I was doing better. Mm -hmm. Um, But even on the worst day in church, like whenever you're stressed or chaotic or like you, you just feel tension. Um, the tension and the stress that I felt in my job outside of the church was worse because I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I knew I wasn't mm-hmm. where I was supposed to be. Um, so I think that that's something really cool, uh, that I think maybe we don't say enough. Like I, I, I love what you said, Trevor, like if you can do anything else, do it. But as soon as you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Don't try to run from it. Right. Yeah. Because it'll wreck you if you try to run. Well, from I mean, it. I tried to run from this for years. I mean, I, even while I was in college to quote unquote, go do this, <clears throat> I ran from it then. Like I, I went into the music industry for a while. I ran from it that way. I was like, there was 9,000 other things I was like, I would rather do. And yet God was like, okay, that's cute. When you're done running, like I'm still going to use you. So when you decide you're done, um, I'm right here. And, uh, and then I had a period of time, even like a year ago where I just, I was between ministry and I had that moment where it was like, okay, do I really want to keep doing this? And I had opportunities to go do so what I could have made more money, not dealt with half the stuff I have to deal with on a daily basis. And, um, but God was like, nope, sorry, I created you for this. So, mm-hmm. um, good luck with that run, but you know, I don't like to run anyhow. So, um, it, it just, it, it's one of those things. I think there's beauty inside of hearing you share your lineage story mm-hmm. of it's just like this graceful beauty of unintentional falling into what God has exactly had you in. And there's no, not that there's not been struggled. I don't mean that when I say this, but mm-hmm. you, you're not leaning out of a struggle of ministry that has been like, Oh my gosh, I'm running from this because it's so painful. And I've seen all of this stuff blow up and it's been trashed and mm-hmm. you're, you're leaning in going, there's just this beautiful thing. And it, you know, and just to hear the origin story of you and your wife and in Africa with YWAM, like, like it kind of sounds like a, a storybook. Like if you could make a cheesy Christian storybook movie, this would be it. Like, I mean, it would be it's great. It's a Hallmark movie is it, what this is. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It's more like a, it's more, it's more like Christian TV Hallmark, like mm, yeah. uh, where they take it up even another level, you know? So, um, that is straight to DVD. It doesn't ever oh, make okay. it to TV, but straight <laughs> to DVD. It. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really compelling yeah. and we'll all watch it and Kirk Cameron will be in it. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> who plays you? Who plays you? Oh yeah. That's a good question. Ooh. Who would, who would you have play you like? In your narrative, who would play you? And that's a good question. That's a good guest question. Way to go, Dylan! It's almost like we planned that. I mean, the who's the guy who played Jesus in the Passion? Jim Caviezel. Oh yeah. Oh, we we kind of look a little bit alike. Wow. He could pull me off. I think so. I, I like how you said that. He could pull me off. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. He could pull me off. Uh, who plays from a visual you? standpoint? At who least. plays me? Yeah. Who plays uh, you? Chris Pratt. I could see that. I want yeah. Chris Pratt to play me. By the way, have you seen the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special? Yeah. It's yeah. so good. No. Oh, you got to watch it. Well, it's pretty good. Unless you're easily offended, then don't watch it. But uh, <laughs> no. you're hanging no. out. You're, you're hanging, hanging out, out on with, our podcast, yeah. so I mean, there's yeah. a pretty good chance you're not. So, no. um, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, we always kind of recap, and knowing that he was mm-hmm. engaged online yesterday, and anything you want to chime in for, like yesterday's message, what we talked through, those kind of things. Yeah, I. So I, I kind of picked up on this, and then you pretty much said it. I think in the eleven. Um, but in the nine, I don't think you you just point blank said it. But the title of yesterday's message was Best Family Ever. And I think even just on paper, that's like, oh, sure, like the best family ever, like, of course. But saying it's more like a, a tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, really, best family ever. Yeah. And so, like, I, I feel like there's something there to unpack um, because I even, like, we've talked about me going home for holidays before, like, I, I love my family and there are days where they are the best family ever. And they are days where they're like the best family ever. Yeah. Best family ever. Um, living it right now. And so I, I think in this world um, where we try to filter what we look like and the image we portray to others, I think that we try to portray, Oh, we're the best family ever. When in reality behind the scenes, there's definitely a lot of that oh, best family ever type thing going on. And yeah. I think that that's very interesting to see even as far back as, the genealogy of Jesus, um, not that, you know, they had Instagram, uh, but but just the fact that this narrative is very just transparent. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, the, the part that I didn't unpack yesterday in that, one, I, I do love the transparency, and, and Alex said the same thing of just walking through kind of the mess of that. You know, you do have, like, Tamar. You've got Judah. You've got David. You've got Rahab. I mean, you got all this just 
man, sheer craziness going on in this family line. Um, but at the same time, the, the part I didn't touch on yesterday that I think is, if you're listening to this, I think is is worth talking through for a minute, it is sometimes the redemption of your family is not the family that you're biologically out of. Because there's some people that don't, A, know their biological family, two, have been adopted, or three, their biological family has been so horrific that they, if they were to step back into it, it would it would not be good, um, and, and so I think sometimes God actually gives you new family that mm. that you never knew you needed, mm. and, and I think if the church were truly going to be the church, and, and this is where it, the church makes me sad, at least a little bit in the United States, and I got a lot of friends in Canada now, another one, um, and I, I know church has got a little different face in Canada, but I, I know at least stateside, I think if the church were more the church, those that have always felt abandoned or like they don't have a place to belong with family. If the church, like I, I hear you talk about your church in Niagara and I'm like, that sounds beautiful. Hmm. It, it's a family. Um, that's what I love about Pantano. Like it, even with the scope and the breadth of Pantano, it, this it, people walk in here and it, that's just a special place. Like that's yeah. why I moved 1900 miles. I mean, it, you walk in and while there's thousands of people here at the same time, you feel like you belong with every person here. And I think that's the beauty of the gospel is that if it's really good news, if if the genealogy of Jesus paints anything as like you belong, yeah, you belong somewhere. And uh, like I always joke, our family like we're the island of misfit toys. Like we just we attract the stray dogs of life. Like they just find our family, they show up on our doorstep, and we love it. And and I'm I think I think the reason that happens, I used to think, oh man, they that's just Jesus. I'm like, no, we're misfit toys too. Like that, that's why, yeah. that's why the Island of Misfit Toys, we all get along because it's like, yeah, we all got issues. We all got mm-hmm. stuff. We've all got things like even, even in the beauty of how in your mind, Alex, which you said a few minutes ago, like just kind of like typical boring teenage stuff. Um, even in that story, there's, there's some hot mess moments, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. it, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> there's a lot of layers. I get it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But there's a beauty when you're in the body of Christ. And that's why I think the world has been so, I don't know, antagonistic towards Jesus in the last 20 years is not because of Jesus, but because of his people, because mm-hmm. of the family. Um, it's like, man, we kind of like dad, but man, his kids are a mess. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you ever been with that family, you go to dinner and you're like, I really like mom and dad, but holy smokes, our kids are out of control. <laughs> yeah. Like we're never going to dinner <laughs> with them again. If they bring their kids, I'm not going anywhere. And and the problem I think most people don't have a struggle with Jesus; they have a struggle with his children. And but then they have to realize they're one of them, which is a whole nother. You know, it's easy to complain about someone's kids till you realize you're one of their kids. Well, it's it's mm-hmm. also like to that point. I I've had a lot of conversations with with friends that you know don't follow Jesus, um, and have their complaints with the church. And I've been able to kind of step into those spaces at times and say, "That's that's it. You have a problem with the church." Right. And they'll even self-admit, I don't have a problem with Jesus. But if if you're supposed to be, like you and your friends are supposed to be portraying what Jesus is and who Jesus is, I don't, what what I read in this book and what you and your friends live out, they don't match up and I don't know what's real and what's not. Right. Right. Well, then it, then it does become more like the metaverse than like the actual good news of Jesus. Yeah. Um. So, Alex, you said you engaged with us yesterday. I'd be interested, like, do you have any additional thoughts on the things we talked about yesterday? I'd be curious in that. Yeah, I'm thinking now, like, I'm listening to you guys talk and, and of course, through the lens of, of what you shared yesterday, Trevor, and, and thinking about my own family, thinking about our church family, and just thinking about family in general. And I think about how Paul talks about what, um, you know, Christian communities are at their core, which he uses that that imagery a lot of like a body or like a family, a household. And the thing about family and of course, uh, you know, uh, abuse cases aside, adoption cases aside, and, and you, we highlighted on those already, but like for the most part, you're stuck with the family you got. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know you guys just had Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving is a little bit earlier than yours, but we're coming up to Christmas and you're going to go home and you're going to have dinner with your family and it's going to be great and it's going to be not so great and it's going to be a mess. And, but the thing is like, that's, that's your crew. And so you don't just get up from the Christmas dinner table or the Thanksgiving dinner table and, and, and leave like you, you stick it out and because you're family, because you share blood or you share a name or, or whatever you share that space and, and you don't, you don't leave because it's, they're the people you belong to. And I, I'm, I don't know. Like, and, and you said it, like sometimes God's kids just like, don't paint a good picture of what the family 
is supposed to be like. We, we, we don't bear a good image of our family name. And I find with, with folks in church, sometimes when it gets hard, when it gets messy, it's um, we're prone to, to get up from the proverbial dinner table and leave. Yeah. And find yeah. a, find another church family that looks more like me or sounds more like me or, um, you know, it for, from from the outside looks a little bit less less messy. But then you get into another community and realize, oh, this one's a mess, too. And so you get up and leave. And and I I think a lot about what um, Eugene Peterson said about finding a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think somebody asked him, like, how do you how do you choose a church? And he says, well, you pick one and you stay. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, and so if we had if we had a really good, um, robust theology of of what it means to belong to a, a family of of believers in the faith, then we would pick one and we would stay and we would work through the stuff. Why? Because God, the head of our family, is the one who redeems and restores all things. And so through the mess, we get to we get to be a part of the restoration and the redeeming of all things. And and it starts at our proverbial family dinner table in our, in our churches, big and small, you know, we've got a little small one here in Niagara on the Lake that no one's ever going to hear about. And you guys have a not so small one that where plenty of people hear about, but when, when it comes down to it, we're all just a family of faith with the same dad sitting at the proverbial same dinner table. And we got to stick it out and stay so that in working through the mess together, we can, we can be, you know, part of the work that God is doing on the earth, which is the restoration and the redeeming of, of all things. Yeah. Uh, no, that that's fantastically put. Yeah. Um, and I, I think about my girls all the way up through when I was dropping them off at school in high school, uh, we'd pull up in front of school and I'd just be like, okay, you represent two things. And after a while, they'd be like, yeah, dad, we know. And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you anyhow. You represent God and you represent our family. When you get out of this mm-hmm. car today, don't bring shame to either one of those names. And, uh, you know, and then it, I'd get the eye roll as they got older. It's like, all right, who do we represent? And they'd be like, we know, dad. And I'm like, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear you mm-hmm. say it. Um, we represent Jesus. We represent our family. Don't bring shame to either one of those names. I'm like, great. Now go live that. And, and there were times where, you know, my kids were pretty good, honestly, but there were, t- there were those few moments where you're just like, all right, you're bringing a little bit of shame to both those names and mm-hmm. it's time to recalibrate, but we didn't kick them out of the family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, yeah, you're done. Like, sorry, you got to go find a new house to live in, pack your crap up. You're done. Um, and I think a lot of times that's the adverse of that is sometimes our families aren't great to us either. Like, it's not just you get up from the table and leave. Sometimes they're like, I think you need to find another table. Yeah. 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 Now uh, there's cat, like there's exceptions to all these rules, right? Of like, course. I mean, if, if you're in an abusive church that is, that is abusing the the gospel, then I, I think you need to find another table. Yes. 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 And the flip side is if, if you're in a place where you're causing dissension and disunity in a body and you've been asked and guided to be better and you still won't be, then it's time for somebody to ask you to find a different table to go sit at. Mm. Um, because the, there's always going to be those, those sheep and or wolf and sheep's clothing kind of moments. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're I love how you've put this of, you know, that Eugene Peterson quote is so good um, mm-hmm. to come back to because a lot of people, we live in such a consumeristic world now that it's like, and I think post pandemic, I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if we're post pandemic or not. I, <laughs> I, I feel like we might be, I, I don't know yeah. yet. Um, depends on what the political season tells us. But um, I I think that coming out of the pandemic, I don't think it's made our consumerism less. I think it's actually expedited it because we oh, sat yeah. home for two years with Amazon prime at our fingertips with mm-hmm. nothing to do. And it's like, well, and we're in this, this world of 30 day trials, 60 day trials. So it's like, I'll try that. And if I don't like it and I haven't lost anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, as long as I cancel by this date, I'm good. Yeah. You well, know, I have a trial right now of Adobe stock and it's like, right. you have 30 days. I was like, well, I'll put it in my phone to cancel it. Yep. Uh, absolutely. You know, and it's, uh, I think it's just an interesting world in which we live right now that, it, you know, we just move on to the next best yep. thing in our mind that if you were to actually just really lean into the thing that you're in it'd be amazing how much more beautiful it would be. Well, and that's one thing that I like specifically love about Pantano and, and my time here so far. I think that you, and you hit the nail on the head saying we're, we're in this trap of just moving on to the next best thing. And like, you've got new iPhone every year, new iPad every year, new Marvel movie every six months. I, I think that I know that I've been parts of churches before where we fell into that. We have to entertain our people. And so the church is constantly looking for, okay, how do we be the next best thing? You, our job as the church is to not be the next best thing. We have the best thing. 
And whenever we take our eyes off of the gospel being the best thing, um, we, we lose. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not, we don't have to entertain. Well, it goes back to that, that old saying, what you win people with is what you keep people with. Um, I could get a bunch of people show up to my church on Sunday. If I handed out a hundred dollar bills at the door on Sunday, I could pack this place. Mm -hmm. The problem is the following weekend, they're only going to come back if I hand out a hundred dollar bills at the door. Well, they're going to come back if you hand out $120 next week. Right, true. Because <laughs> eventually 100 is not enough. They want more. Yeah. Um, and then, but, but if, you, if you get people with Jesus and the transformation of Jesus, then it's really easy to get people to stay because once they've been transformed by Jesus, you just keep giving people Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in that, Jesus continually transforms. And, and you and I have been listening to my buddy Jeremy's podcast, yeah. um, The Forest and the Trees. And it's a... It's a tough podcast. It's a great podcast. Um, I would say if you're if you're struggling through faith a little bit, I, it will challenge you. Uh, actually, if you think you're really solid in your faith, it'll challenge you. Um, but I, I just I listen to it's a skeptic and a and a pastor. And the skeptic asked my pastor friend Jeremy all sorts of crazy questions. They're going through the book of Hebrews right now. But I think about the beauty of that is they're actually having a conversation. They're not trying to lamb blast. They're not trying to beat each other over the head. Um, but at the same time, like there's, there's gotta be space where you can come into a place and feel like it's okay to not have every answer, or get every answer, but lean into the transformation of Jesus. Well, back to the mm-hmm. analogy that you used, Alex, mm-hmm. like it's the dinner table thing. It's like, I feel comfortable when I go home to have dinner with my family because I know when I sit down, it's, we can talk. Right. Like yeah. I, I know that we may not all agree. We may walk away right. without having anything you know, quote unquote resolved, but it's a safe space to talk and unpack things. Well, and even, even deeper, I remember the train of thought I had right there was they, they even talked about sometimes we worship the Bible over Jesus. Mm. And I don't have time to unpack that on this podcast because, uh, but there's an interesting conversation around that because, uh, and I believe scripture is God breathed. I believe all, all the things that we would believe about scripture, but sometimes we elevate scripture above the transformation of Jesus. And um, don't hear me, anybody listening to this, say that I don't think scripture is the word of God or anything like that. But sometimes we're really quick to quote our scriptures and less quick to talk about Jesus. Mm. And um, I think we just have to balance that. I think you got to be really careful with that because when you start using scripture to your advantage to win. Well, yeah, when you're using scripture to prove your point. Right. Um, So I just keep going back to, so Ultimately, what does Jesus say about this? Like, what what is what is G, what like what did he come to do? What is this the voice of Jesus at the table, or is this my voice trying to scream and sound like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can you know we ventriloquist Jesus a lot in the church with to twist our narrative um, instead of actually just letting Jesus speak. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, okay, so this has got this has been really like deep intense like we've not gone really off any rails and um, i'm hoping not to today i'm i'm trying to turn over a new leaf this is what happens when i don't have coffee i'm really subdued you need um, coffee but you know what we do need is uh it is about that time because we do have my new friend alexander the great on uh this podcast with us today to talk about something we all love yeah and that thing is this bag of caffeine <laughs> That I'm looking at right now. Um, so, Dylan, unpack this because you're you're the you guys are the connection here for us. I'm I'm just leaning in now. Um, oh, you're connected now. Well, I am, but I mean, you you guys are actually lovingly looking at each other's eyes right now on Zoom. By the way, he's yeah. not sitting in the room with us. I don't know if you guys know that. Like, he's actually in Niagara Falls. Like, he well, he's not in the falls. He's in Niagara. Uh, well, he might be in the falls. I don't know. Maybe he's on a boat behind him. That would be our. That would kind of be a cool coffee shop. Like, right behind the falls. But- <laughs> <laughs> we're at different time zone and everything. Like you guys were mentioning, you haven't had coffee yet. I'm. This is my third. <laughs> okay, well, for what it's worth, yeah. By five a.m. my time, I'm usually two cups deep, and okay. um, and by the time we hit the podcast, I'm usually drinking out of two mugs. And so, um, for it to be almost eleven o'clock here, and I had not touched coffee yet, is a rarity. Like I can't remember a time in my life in the last five years where that's happened. And it's, we both did it today. And we both did it today. Maybe it's because we knew we were going to have a guest. That well, we... I had a conversation with Melissa this morning before I, I came here. I got up at like 5 o'clock this morning because I couldn't sleep, and I wanted coffee. And so by the time I decided, okay, I'm going to go make coffee, it was like six thirty seven, 
And I was like, if I have a cup of coffee now, it's going to spoil me for what I'm looking forward to tasting on the podcast. So I'm just going to wait. And then by the time I got here, it's the equivalent of being hangry. I wish I'd have had that thought process. Like, I didn't have the, it's going to ruin this. I was like, I just, it was one of those mornings where I was like, I got to get out the door. It was foggy. I didn't even know we had fog in Tucson. Like, I couldn't see a mountain. How do you not see a mountain? Yeah, I know. I mean, it was insane. Uh, and then I got here and I stepped right into meetings this morning and I, I drank, I drank a gallon of water this morning, literally a gallon of water, but, um, I'd had no coffee. And so I'm a little chilled out today, man. It's like, I'm like, off, mellow. I'm like off my high today or something. I don't know what's going on. Um, so talk to us about like, you, so you got this coffee trailer in Niagara. Yeah. So how did that come to be? Yeah. So I've been, uh, and this is how Dylan and I first got connected. I, I think if I remember correctly, I I've got a. Instagram page on the internet that's all about coffee. Call it a coffee blog, if you will. I have a real blog, uh, alexandermills.ca, which is which is about coffee. Um, but I I write many blogs on Instagram and talk about brewing specialty coffee at home. And um, you know, some people call me an influencer. I, I try and reject that as often as I can, but it just is what it is. You know, I got a bunch bunch of people who follow me on the internet to hear me talk about coffee. And uh, about I don't know four or five years ago, um, there's a a uh, local woman here in Niagara, her name's Christy, and and she she kind of fell into into brewing specialty coffee in her own way, and and she she wanted to start brewing coffee for people, so she started this little company called Groundswell Coffee Company, and she was manually brewing coffee for folks like um, on a table under a tent, pouring V60s, which I know you guys are giving away on the podcast, and. Um, and she was doing that at, at events here and there. And and she reached out to me because she knew me from the internet and um, we got to talking and, and kind of, you know, kindled this friendship. And over the, o- over a couple of years, I was able to kind of give her some wisdom and, and chat about how she's brewing coffee and what her vision for groundswell is. And um, a couple of years ago, she came to me and she said, Hey, I want to do this. Uh, basically she was working in church. She basically said, I want to quit my job and I want to, I want to do this full time. And, and, uh, she was kind of oscillating between opening a, a brick and mortar or doing the mobile cafe thing, like, uh, doing a trailer. And I said to her, I said, if you, if you want to open a trailer and you want to do it with someone, I will do it with you. And so that was kind of the, um, the genesis of our official, you know, business partnership. And so we've been working together over the last few years and, and like I said, this is our second year with the trailer. So we we toyed around with doing the the refurb thing, which is pretty popular, you know, getting an Airstream or, or a Bowler or something. And we found this great company just about 45 minutes up the road called Nomad Custom Trailers. And they do that. They do refurbs. But right around that time, this is just before, just before the pandemic or mid-pandemic. I don't know. What is time? None of us know anymore. Yeah. But I, uh, I don't know. I have no concept yeah. of time at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so they they said, "Hey, we'll do a refurb if you want, but we're we're actually going to start building our own, um, you know, brand new models from the ground up." And uh, and they said, "But by the end of it, you're going to be in for it for about the same amount of money. Uh, ref- refurbishing a trailer is is no cheap uh, venture. No, but with a brand new trailer, you're going to be able to spec it out the way you want. You're going to be on a brand new chassis. So there are there are pros and cons to both, right? And so we we went for the brand new model uh, mostly because." It's both wider and taller, which for having multiple people work in in that trailer is really beneficial to us. And so it was about a six month process to build it. Um, it's gorgeous. I say that, of course, um, with a bias, but oh, there are absolutely plenty of people is. who have who affirmed that. For- is this the black one with the G on the side of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That- so w- white subway tile inside. You know, curly yeah. marble countertops, black siding, and a big white G on the front. Um, Christy and I both uh, are, are suckers for kind of monochromatic branding like that, and so. It looks so we, good. Uh, the, our first year was was really good. Um, we're a we're a basically basically a, a feature roaster cafe. So I, I bring in a feature roaster every month, just one roaster at a time, and we feature their coffees. And and um, our first year with the trailer last year was great, uh, but this year it's coming to a close, and we've already we've already done twice the business that we did last year. Um, wow! So that's uh, really encouraging for us, and not just not just personally because honestly, Groundswell doesn't pay. Uh, it doesn't pay my mortgage. It it doesn't pay me anything actually. Um, but it's, it's significant for us because all of those drinks that we've brewed this year and twice as many drinks this year than last year, they all represent, um, you know, a, a, a touch point, uh, an invitation, um, to drinking better coffee and to telling better stories about, uh, the, the products we buy, the, the products we consume. And so that's really significant for us. We, we feel really, really, um, 
yeah, again, I've said this a few times today, but really privileged to be able to to do this here in Niagara. And and we're we're filling a, a hole. Um, Niagara is kind of a weird place because it is such a, a, a tourist area and predominantly wine country. There is little to no specialty coffee culture here. And, and it has grown over the last couple of years. But when we first started talking about opening this cafe, there were you could count the, the number of cafes um, on less fingers than you have on one hand. And, uh, and it, we, we, we were really, it's not like we were jumping into a a saturated, um, you know, specialty coffee scene, like there are in in a lot of, you know, major, uh, cities in Canada and the U S um, we're, we're really part of a a small group of people who are, are blazing a trail here for specialty coffee. So we, um, we feel really, really privileged to be able to do what we're doing. And, and like I said, to, to kind of, maybe be the the genesis for for somebody's journey on on drinking better coffee which i know for the three of us on this podcast we've all had that moment yes. we know how valuable that moment is so yes well and, cool. and it sounds like you guys i mean our podcast is called the make and we're talking about going from sunday taking to everyday making like you're actually trying to make a difference in your community and we're trying <laughs> and trying to do so with hope and with good coffee uh, i mean the you see why i wanted to have him on Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, you had me at good coffee. Um, right. The fact that um, the guy loves Jesus and wants to bring hope to a community, um, that's just bonus on top of the good coffee, right? Um, so, I, feel, I feel like I should be the other way around, but um, <laughs> that's how you got me. So This is an interesting conversation that I think we've leaned into on the podcast some before, um, but I'd love to get your take on it, Alex. Um, you know, we're all Jesus people. We're all like in ministry. Um, but we all also love coffee and we value good coffee. What do you think is the, the connecting point? Because I know we're not the only three. There's a lot of people in ministry or just people who are, you know, all about Jesus, like they're churchgoers, they love good coffee. Like there, there's a, a common theme. What, what do you think that is? What do you think makes us the way that we are? Man, you could have asked me that question a half an hour ago and we could, we could spend the whole podcast talking about that very question. Um, because I don't know the answer, but I have I have a couple hypotheses. Um, the first is like coffee is a very communal beverage. Um, sure, a lot of us drink it first thing in the morning to like get us up and going, um, and it it is like commoditized that way in some sense. But if you think about cafe culture, um, like coffee is a very communal beverage. Like we've all of us listening to this podcast, uh, those of us who drink coffee, at least have like had really meaningful conversations sitting across a cafe table from, from someone over a cup of coffee. It's just like, it has this magnetic pull to bring people together. I, I, I think there's a, I think there's some, we don't have enough time to unpack that thought uh, entirely, but I think there's probably some truth to that rooted in, in like the origins of the drink itself and how it's been celebrated um, globally throughout history. Mm. So first and foremost, I think, I think coffee has, yeah, some sort of, you know, unseen magnetic pull that, that, um, really fosters what, what we all need and what we all want is like this sense of community and belonging. And that's why you see, you know, folks at your church hosting their small groups at coffee shops. Cause it's just, it's got that, it's got that vibe. Yeah. But now in in a world that is so commoditized and, and in some cases like, you know, ravaged by capitalism where a lot of us are trying to make better, more thoughtful purchasing decisions um, across the scope of everything we purchase. But in a lot of cases in the context of what we choose to consume. So some of us are buying organic veggies or some of us are buying grass fed beef. And a lot of us are realizing that there is specialty coffee that not only tastes better, but does better mm. at origin because every cup represents like coffee is a, a hand harvested um, fruit. Every, every bean is the seed of a fruit that looks like a cherry and they're all harvested by hand. So every cup we drink represents like somebody's hands who, who harvested that plant for us. And, and, the internet and the connectivity of the internet and and being able to tell these stories has awakened a lot of us to see like, Oh, I can buy better coffee, which in a lot of cases and most cases, maybe all cases is more expensive than, than not better coffee. Yeah. It's going to taste better, but, um, economically and, and socially it does good where it came from. The people who harvested this, if I'm buying it in a thoughtful way, 
aren't taken advantage of and they are getting paid a living wage. Um, so I think, I think that those two things combined, um, really, really, um, I don't know that a lot of us who follow Jesus, who belong to communities and, and who see the world as created by God and, and, and have accepted our part in caring for creation as Christians. I think for those two reasons, I think that that kind of brings us to, uh, to coffee and specialty coffee in particular. Yeah, no, that's really good. Dude, the depth of this podcast, like <laughs> this is 21 really is the best episode so far. Uh, there's something about, it's like blackjack, like 21. We just hit the <laughs> jackpot right here. Um, okay, so we're drinking a, a coffee right now. Which is um, actually from San Diego. And all of us are drinking this right now, yep. right? Okay. Yeah, so good. So Alex actually turned me on to this one. Uh, tell us about it. What what, so, what turned you on to it? Yeah. Um, well... So this coffee comes from Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, a coffee roaster in San Diego, um, more specifically in Bird Rock, which is just south of La Jolla. And that happens to be like uh, my wife and I, Rebecca and I, that happens to be our our spot, our vacation spot. There's something about it. And I mean, Dylan, you're moving there, so you get it too. Like something about it just kind of it it got our hearts somehow and and uh we hadn't been in a couple of years because of uh because of the pandemic uh actually we had a trip there canceled because of the pandemic and so just a, just a couple of months ago we we decided you know what we're going to do we're, my wife is turning 30 and so i said we're going to california for the weekend we're leaving our 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 kid at home for the first time and we're just going to go sit on the beach and drink some coffee and so um bird rock the the place and the coffee roasters has been fond to us for um for a few years and so we were there a couple months ago and, uh, and I picked up a few coffees, but I picked up this one in particular, it's called, um, Trace Dragones, um, which is a reference to, I guess, three, um, Dragones, no, three, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what I thought too, but like three, um, I don't know, uh, like, like, uh, fire pits or something that they use to dry the the coffee at this farm. Oh, okay. And so th- this coffee is um on the bag it, it says hybrid natural but it's a it's a naturally processed coffee and so for me it 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 leans into the territory of of getting a little bit boozy but like not over fermented. It's the the reason I suggested this coffee to to share is because it's um it's on the wild side for sure but not too wild where it would turn somebody off, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah, because I get particularly, a, I get a lot of like uh, fruit note, like a almost like a, a cherry note to it. Yes, um, yes. and then maybe a chocolate, like on the back yes. end, chocolate truffle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do, definitely you get got that. It. Um, but the the cherry is prominent on the front end. Well, and the other mm-hmm. note on the bag, at least, is sangria. Oh, that's your boozy note. That's your boozy yeah. note. Yeah. And so I I enjoy every one of these. Now that you said that, actually, that hits before the cherry. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, uh, I re- and it's I'm guessing is that uh where's that f- is that out of San Diego or is that from? What do you mean? Like the actual coffee itself? Oh, Columbia. It's from Columbia. it's Columbia. It's okay. Columbia. Um, I may have missed that little tidbit. Um, I'm actually looking at the back of the bag, not the front. Oh, there it is. Hey, there's all the stuff right there. Um, this really, really, it's light on the on the palate, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't, you know, sometimes coffees start light and they get a little bitter on the back end. There's no um, bitterness. There is no bitterness to this coffee mm-hmm. at all. It's a really clean cup. Um, we made it in the stag. And, and uh, yours is in your Carter, so yeah. it's, it's still warm. Mine's cooled down to room temperature now, which I, like, typically start to not like it once it hits room temperature, but this is... I could sip on this room temperature well, and still enjoy a, it. I, I don't know if you guys have found this, but as the temperature comes down, typically is where you get the most notes um, for me. And yeah. when it comes off real piping hot, I kind of let it sit a little bit. Um, I like to hear, I like to kind of get what the hot note is and compare that to the cool down notes a little bit because I think it uh, it gives it a chance to breathe. It's kind of like wine. It gives it a chance to breathe a little bit and then, yeah. uh, then you get some of those notes. But um, that is a fantastic coffee. Like that's... Mm-hmm. That's one of the best coffees I've had in a while. Um, and we've had some really I'm good so, coffee. I'm so glad that you both get to enjoy it. Um, I was I was thrilled, Dylan, when you suggested that that we should drink the same coffee. And I had I had just bought this one, and and I knew it was uh, at least closer to home for you than than some of the coffees I drink up here in Canada. So um, so glad that you guys get to get to enjoy it. Furnaces is the word I was trying furnaces. to say. Furnaces. Three right. furnaces. I, I went dragons. Uh, I mean, yeah. dragons. I mean, I mean, but dragons breathe fire. So right. See, right. Uh, we were on yeah. the same wavelength. That There's just, something there. Yeah. Just different words. That's all. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the next time you're on, and I said next because I'll be next. Yes. Um, next time you're on, um, we'll go. We'll go a little north of the border and see what uh, what can come from Canada down here. Yeah. And we'll drink. What like? What is your favorite like coffee from your region right now? Like somebody's either roasting up there or uh, up on your side of the planet. Oh man, that is like Canada. Canada has been a really well kept secret. Um, as far as the just the exceptional um, culture of specialty coffee roasting up here, it's it's become less of a secret over the last two years. Thanks to the pandemic, actually, I think I think people um, started purchasing more coffees uh, online and, and were open to paying for shipping because in some cases that was our only our only option because our cafes were closed or whatever. And so the, the secrets out of the bag a little bit, um, but there are so many people doing such great work here in Canada. It makes me really proud to be a part of this um, industry here in Canada. So much so that um, I've been doing the coffee program at Groundswell for over two years now. And like I said, I bring in a different roaster every month and we have only used Canadian roasters so far and have Mm. only doubled up a couple of them. Like that's, that's the scope of, of how much really great work is being done here. The coffee. Unbelievable. I I would have never, I mean, other than Pete McKinnon, who just, put Canada on the map with coffee. Yes. Um, I wouldn't have guessed that you could go two years and barely repeat a roaster yeah. from Canada. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Really special. Um, so w- one of the coffees that stands out for me as um, I, I hesitate to say this definitively, so I'm not going to tell you it's the best coffee I've had all year, but it's, it's of my most, one of my most, me- this is my most memorable coffee of the year. So call it the best if you want, but it's, it's the one that comes top to mind. Um, is a coffee we featured last month from a roaster in Toronto called the Angry Roaster. Uh, they have a really fun brand, so if you want to see a cool website and a and a cool take on on some some branding and coffee, it's the Angry Roaster. And uh, they brought in a, a coffee that was from Colombia, and it was um, it was fermented with um, a select strain of white wine yeast. Uh, to basically control the fermentation. A lot of fermentation in coffee happens spontaneously just with the the yeast that exists on the fruit, but they selected a strain of wine yeast, much like you do in, in, you know, like the craft beer brewing industry. And then they also infused the, um, the fermentation with passion fruit, passion fruit puree. And so infused coffees like this are kind of a, a hot topic in specialty coffee right now, but it, this coffee was so out of this world. I, I I have a hard time actually describing it to you. It was the most like effervescent coffee of the year. Like every time we ground it in the shop, it would just, the scent would, would like without fail, the person ordering the coffee would say like, Oh my gosh, I can smell it already. And um, the flavor profile was, was, was almost a, a little too much for words. Like it was, it was so sweet. It was really clean. It was not funky at all. It was the most fruit forward coffee I've had of the year. Um, so uh, that the angry roaster. Uh, so would that have been them twice? Was that the Katura or was that the pink bourbon? Uh, Do you know that I, would be? I think uh, I'm looking at it. I think it's the pink bourbon. Uh, just let me have a look because they have they have a couple coffees from Columbia right now. I believe the one you're looking at. I think it was the pink bourbon. Um, yes, the Jardines del Eden. Yes. Um, we also brought in that uh, Katura variety as well um that coffee was exceptional but this pink bourbon was was really over the top um so uh we actually the angry roaster is they're doing such great work that they were one of the roasters that we have doubled up we had them we featured them last summer um and then again just last last month so uh, uh, it's it's been been a privilege to to work with them and serve their coffee. Hey, you just you just probably going to make me spend thirty dollars on yep. coffee today is what you're about to make me do. Um, hey, but listen, <laughs> you're the the exchange works in your favor. Like thirty Canadian dollars is not equal to thirty U.S. dollars. Oh, that's so. tr- oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. My, so my buddy Dave lives in Toronto. He was just here, and he always has to convert me on money. He's like, no, you don't understand. I spend like five times more in Canada yeah, than yes. you. Here. And I was like, yes. oh, good call. So when he comes here, he's like, man, everything's so cheap. I'm like, good. yeah. I do not feel that way, but thank you. I pre- appreciate the compliment. This is my next yeah. order now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to order it today and um, have to explain why this shows up on my credit card bill. But um, <laughs> because my wife's always like, some coffee? Really? More? <laughs> There's more? I'm like, but you don't understand. We have a podcast. Like, we I have got, to now, I, now I have to buy it. Like, yeah. um, I need to just start a podcast for everything I love. Like, oh, I got a golf podcast now. I'm sorry. I had to buy stuff. Like, I, I had to go try it out. Um, yeah. 
Well, man, I, I appreciate you uh, diving into this segment with us because um, it is one of my favorite moments that we do on the podcast. And not just because I like coffee, but um, but because we, we get to have great conversations like this about coffee. And I hope for our listeners, like we, we've talked a lot about like different origin coffees, like Dylan and I are, are fairly versed, but to have somebody that's an expert in the field mm-hmm. to sit and have this conversation, uh, I hope as our listeners, they got like they understand a little deeper why we kind of like this process because we get guys like Alexander that really knows like this more than just the average, even more than even the average barista knows. Like, I, oh, I yeah. mean, um, you know, sometimes you go in these places and you're like, do you know anything? Um, <laughs> like, Oh no, you just make coffee. That's all you do. Um, but to be able to actually have this conversation and then and point to understanding the nuance, but the reason why the nuance is there for us to have this conversation mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Um, well, man, I'm I'm so thankful that you've taken time to just be on with us today. Um, it's a pleasure. It, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, uh, it's something that I hope we get to do again and uh, really hope you get to Tucson, come hang out, um, or at a very minimum, get to San Diego when Dylan and Melissa are there, which gives me now... You'll come over and hang out. Uh, well, I'll come over anyhow because go. I'm going to take up a room in your house. But um, I definitely come over if you're going to be in town and spend some time and uh, do a little coffee crawl like we did in Nashville. Actually, it's more like a coffee run about halfway through. But um, man, I just I'm really thankful that uh, you would take time out and spend some time with us and um, and talk coffee and talk and talk faith because I think that there's something beautiful about your story and um, and no, I, you made a statement that I'm going to. I'm just going to push back on a little bit where you're like, you, you're part of a small church up there that nobody will ever really know about. Um, that's just not true. Um, hmm. it, it doesn't matter if your church is big or small. Um, impact is impact. And um, I hope we're going to put a link to uh, all these things in the show notes. Yeah. But I would encourage people to go check out what you guys are doing as a faith community um, hmm. there in Niagara and go check out your church because um, – I just think there's something beautifully organic about what you're talking about. Literally, you know, organic's kind of a hot buzzword, right? Like, oh, the organic church. And you guys' church is legitimately organic. Like, <laughs> 45 years ago, it was like, hey, a seed fell over here. Oh, my gosh, there's a tree. Um, right. And, and now it's like, look at this grove of trees that is happening because of, like, this 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 organic thing that took place. And mm. um, the organic nature of your church is kind of the organic nature of the the coffee that you guys are a part of. Um, and there's this maturation process. And, and I like that it's got its own kind of tasting notes as a church. And I think the parallels between your church and what you do in coffee are really, really similar. And um, I, I love that you guys are like the single origin, like kind of groundswell of the gospel there in Niagara. And um, no, from our end, man, I'm going to be praying for that and that God gives even more impact there. And there's 30 million people a year that come through that area that I'm guessing some of them might need some Jesus when they're in town. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I'm hoping yeah. that uh, God just kind of expands that territory for you guys. And and when you put your first coffee shop behind the falls, when people are on their tour, um, <laughs> I just want my picture on a sticker or something okay. um, just okay. as an idea. Um, so, um, well, Dylan, anything else you've got for our guest today? Well, we usually ask when we have a guest on, if you could, like, we, we've talked about legacy a little bit and, and lineage. Um, if you had, like, if today were going to be your last day and you wanted everyone to know something, what would you want everyone to know? Like, if you could tell everyone one thing, what would you share with them? Hmm. Wish you would have given me a heads up about that question. <laughs> oh, we, on, we on purpose don't do that because then uh, yeah. you'd have this really well-crafted thing that. Is not yeah. nearly as cool as just off the top of your head, and that, and that's the thing, right? Like I'm sitting here trying to trying to come up with something very profound. But when you asked me the question, the first thing I thought of, and it's 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 related to to what we've been talking about through the context of what you guys are talking about at your church, is that um, is that there's a seat at the table for you, that mm-hmm. regardless of how how far away from home you feel, um, how how disgraced of a child you feel, how much you think you've disgraced the your family name. Um, that there is a seat at the table of God uh, for you. And we, at our church, we practice uh, the Lord's Supper every Sunday. Yep. And I, I say that when I invite people to the table, I said, this is the Lord's table. This is not ours. And that mm. means he sets the guest list and everyone is invited. That's beautiful. Um, so that's that's what I would say. So you said that you were hoping for something profound. Well, way to go. Like uh, off the top of your head, that's, <laughs> I don't know, it seems pretty profound to me. Um <laughs> Uh, so I'm guessing up there, like here, like we've got Christmas Eve coming. We've got five experiences here. Um, 
December 23rd, December 24th. Um, if, if I tell you Christmas, this is for you, Alex. If I say Christmas, mm-hmm. Adam, do you understand the context? Like if we're talking about Christmas Eve services and I say Christmas, Adam. Christmas, Adam, Christmas Eve. No. Really? I've heard that yeah. so many times in church world. I told you we needed to explain it. Yeah, well, Christmas Adam would be the 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve. Because saying uh, Christmas Eve, Eve just sounds dumb. Yeah, it's right. redundant. I'm stuttering. Right. Eve, Eve, Eve. Eve, Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like Max Headroom from back in the, you know, <laughs> back in the 80s in the Pepsi commercials. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got five experiences yep. coming up. We've got a, we're doing baptisms on Christmas Eve I'm this year, which I'm that. really, really pumped about. Uh, really stoked you guys forgot to mention that from stage yesterday, so uh, I'm trying to get that out everywhere that I can. Um, you mentioned it in your message. I, you know why I mentioned it in my message? I asked you to. Because, <laughs> because you, you said we forgot, so uh, I had to work that in at 11 o'clock. Um, see, it's not, it's not perfect anywhere. Like uh, It's a hot mess everywhere. Um, we're just we're trying to be a little less hot mess, even though it makes us more of one, I think. Um, and then we've got all of our first of the year stuff coming. We've got a uh, prayer experience on yeah. January, uh, the first, uh, actually January the first on New Year's Day. And then we kick off dangerous prayers. We're doing a 24 hour, seven day prayer vigil in the middle of February in that series. Super cool. Um, which I'm really excited about. Um, and just a lot of really cool things coming up around here. Um, but more than anything, I'm just thankful for great guests like this on our podcast. And, um, how many episodes do we have left for taking break for the next holiday? week will be our last episode of the year. And that's our last of season one. And then we'll kick back up after the first of the year Yep, with um, season two, with season two. And I'm kind of excited because I think I've got a special guest that I'm bringing on after the first of the year, Fun, but I'll just leave it at that um, because I'm pretty sure he'll be on, but it just depends on, well, he's old. So we'll just see what happens. <laughs> and some of you guys are like, Oh my gosh, you just insulted your guest. You'll understand after the first of the year. <laughs> Um, well, Alex, thanks so much uh, for being with us. And, we do need uh, to mention who you. won this contest. Oh too. my gosh, does he know who won the contest? Do we no. know? Do no, we know? We know. I ran the generator a while ago, so okay. I can tell you who won. Yeah. So I, actually, it might be kind of fun for a congratulatory just shout out from our guest today too, which would be kind of fun. Yeah. So who won? So the winner is actually, and this is not rigged, this is not staged, but he is one of my <laughs> friends um, in Northern California. <laughs> Um, if his, you just said your wife, I'd have been like, <laughs> actually, I rigged it for her because you wouldn't do that. Um, his name is Elijah Smith. Uh, so congrats, Elijah. Um, we will get this uh, in the mail to you. Um, I'll, I'll connect with you offline and get your address and we'll ship it to you. Um, but the only stipulation is you have to be uh, willing to jump on the podcast with us. Um, and do coffee time. And do coffee time. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll make it work on your time. Yeah, but the, uh, in the box, the boxes look awesome. The, yeah, the so we've got the bag of coffees here. Uh, the V sixty. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to put some of what we had today in there too, like <laughs> in a uh, Ziploc bag. A, yeah, like yeah. here's right like in the Carter. Yeah, here's yeah. like here's like 24 grams of beans. Grind this bad boy up and have some. And the um, the Carter the mug. Thing. Here, here's here's what I'll include. If you put if you put 20 grams of the Tres Dragones in a Ziploc, stuff it in the Carter. Your boy Elijah can slide into my DMs. And I can give him a walkthrough and teach him how to brew with the V60. Oh, that is All so right. Bad. All right, we're we're doing that. I yep. love I love that. Um, so now you're going to get teaching from uh, an expert in the field, and um, th- we will do that. We yep. will put put the beans in a little Ziploc, put it in the carter, send it to him, um, and then Elijah, we're expecting something great to happen. Yeah, is he a coffee guy? Do we know? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. He's, he's about to be if he's not. <laughs> if not. Um, You're getting so much coffee that you are. Yeah. Yeah. You you better be. Um, if not, send it all back. You know, we'll keep it for ourselves because we, that's how we are. Anyhow. Well, hey, this has been another episode of The Make. Hey, it only took me an hour and eight minutes before I derailed this one. So, um, so glad you were with us, Alex. Dylan, always good to be with you. Man, y'all have a great holiday season. We'll be back with you on the next episode of The Make. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.